Hello and welcome to MacPreneur, the show that explores how entrepreneurs from all around the world run their business on Apple Gear. My name is Damien Schroes and here we go for episode 8. So, who are you and where are you calling from? Hey, I'm Austin Saylor, and I'm a, a motion designer living in Tempe, Arizona. Welcome uh, to the show, Austin. Thanks. I'm glad to be so, here. And funnily enough, the last time we saw each other was in Austin, Texas. Yep. Right? It was. <laughs> it was a, a great conference uh, that we attended together. And uh, so since the conference, you've done quite a, a few things right i have yeah so what if what have you launched uh, what uh, are you up to so i have launched uh, a lettering animation course so i teach designers how to animate custom drawn lettering pieces and uh i did a beta launch uh early basically well, late 2017 which was about a year after the conference And then um, I just launched the second, like another beta version, but slightly changed and modified. I'm trying to hone in and make that course as strong as it can be. And uh, yeah, I've taken, I'm working on the, uh, after the, <laughs> at the end of this course, it'll be 80 students that have gone through the course. So I'm really stoked that students are learning a lot and uh, I'm figuring out that I really enjoy teaching animation so for our listeners could you please explain a little bit what what you do what what is motion design motion design is uh, kind of a mix of the design world as well as animation so you could think uh, graphic design meets pixar but not at the you know insane level of pixar people are oh you work at pixar you're an animator do you do disney movies no i i do commercials and logo animations To me, it's just as exciting. Like I, I still love animating those things, but the commercial use is typically for TV ads, um, explainer videos for websites, intros for TV shows or YouTube channels, and those kind of things. And what are your typical clients? My clients are, they kind of range from small businesses that need a video to explain their their. Uh, product or service that might be a little bit complicated and they don't want to hire or they don't have the, the means to shoot video themselves, but they want to have some kind of animation explaining their, their concepts. Um, I have a lot of clients that do uh, YouTube content or even now like IGTV content and they want bumper animations for those type of things. And I've been working with more and more entrepreneurs lately, which has been really fun. Even entrepreneurs that I've looked up to for a while, it's like, Making these connections in this world has been fun, and uh, I like helping out fellow entrepreneurs. And then the other side of things is I'll get hired by uh, design and animation studios and agencies that need an extra helping hand for a big project they took on. So I might work with somebody for a week or two or three on a big project and then kind of hop off. So it's fun to join another team for a little while and then at some points just working directly with companies as well. And so how did you become an entrepreneur? It's a great question. I, I think I became an entrepreneur in my mind about a decade ago. And I read when I read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, 
uh, it was a free audio book when I signed up for Audible. And I thought, I looked around, no one's watching. So I'll get this book called Four Hour Work Week. That sounds exciting. So uh, that just sparked an idea in my head that I could do this. I could be an entrepreneur and find a way to, you know, to provide value to the world and get paid for it. So that was the the initial thing that got me started. And I was working at a software company for the next six years after that, no, eight years after that. So it took me eight years to kind of get my feet wet enough to, to uh, have the gumption to quit my job and go full time with my own business. Yeah. For, for me, yeah, I remember Dan Pink's book, um, free agent nations which was uh yeah for me also a revelation of a different kind of of work yeah yeah different kind of yeah yeah one of the one of the big things that that struck me in the the four hour work week was the the 80 20 principle or 20 80 whatever it is where 80 mm -hmm. of Pareto. yeah most of your results come from the least amount of your efforts. So if you can find those small amount of efforts, just do more of those and stop doing the things that aren't bringing in the, the results. Uh, firing clients that aren't good can be massively, you know, improve your business. So it, all of those things got me thinking like, I, I want to be in a situation where I have some element of control over what I, what I choose to say yes to and how I run, how I do work and how I can improve myself And I felt like I was able to improve my own work within the company I was working at, but there were limitations to that because I had processes to follow and bosses to um, report to. So I, being able to report to myself was a, a very exciting uh, endeavor to, to pursue. And also we we, we both following uh, Sean McCabe, who has this uh, overlap uh, technique, overlap principle, Which is really, um, uh, for me at least, was a, a key, a key factor for finally quitting uh, my day job. Absolutely, I'm in the exact same spot. Yeah, I will put uh, I will put a link uh, in the show notes about the uh, the overlap technique. So, usually, designer and Apple they they go well together, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, what kind of uh, gear? What kind of Apple gear do you have now to, to run your business? So I, I do most of my heavy animating on a 5K iMac. And uh, I also have a MacBook Pro so I can animate on the road. Um, that's where I do the majority of my, my work work. I do have an iPad coming in uh, that I'm buying off of a friend. So I'm very excited. The iPad Pro 13-inch with a pencil so I can use procreate to draw some sketches and do a lot of artwork on the couch. You know, it's a level above comfort in terms of moving from a uh, MacBook pro on the couch to an iPad is a big, a big leap. And over Christmas I played with my dad's iPad pro and just fell in love with it. So I kind of jumped at the opportunity to get a good deal with a friend. So I'm excited to draw and animate on that iPad. Do you use uh, for the moment any accessories for drawing on your iMac? I have a, a 13 inch HD Cintiq Wacom tablet or Wacom tablet. Not sure how to pronounce that. And I, I like it a lot, but it's not portable. I have to use it on a desk 
and it's got a plug that plugs into the back and then there's like three other things that plug into the wall and the thunderbolt with another adapter so it's not my favorite setup i'm really excited about the ipad it's it'll just make this thing that i have available at my desk available on the couch and for some reason that's like a huge deal for my brain to like just have fun with it yeah and i have a iphone and an apple watch that i use as well so it's kind of an all integrated mac system yeah in a in a previous episode in episode five uh, with uh, charlie prangley she's uh, mentioning that she's using her ipad uh, also with an, an app which is called astropad yes and uh, this application allows uh, to to draw to use actually the ipad pro as a the equivalent of the wacom tablet mm -hmm. yep yeah i know some people that have gotten rid of their wacom tablet because they can do the same thing on their ipad pro it just connects you know you're using photoshop and illustrator and like after effects all these things that you would be yeah so it's it's great that you can kind of skip that part <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah I, i i saw at the time of recording astropad just announced that they will only support the Apple Pencil. So they were supporting other uh, styluses, other brands, but they realized that uh, it was like 97% or 98% of their customers were using the Apple Pencil. So they wow. decided, okay, let's make it easier for us to develop the app and we'll cut completely the support for other styluses. Yep. What made you choose Apple Yeah, Apple was never on my radar until my I guess my second year in college. Um, I decided that I wanted to do graphic design. I liked doodling and had no idea what else I wanted to do with my life. So I chose to go for graphic design. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, designers, they use Apple products. So we bought a, one of those thick white iMacs. This must have been in 2005. And uh, I've been hooked ever since. The Apple ecosystem or the devices in general? Yeah, so I'm I'm not a huge computer nerd in terms of specs and, you know, uh, hardware and details and all those kind of things. I like the, like how it works and how I interact with it more. And so that's one thing that I love about the Mac ecosystem is how it is built to work together. Um I feel like sometimes it doesn't just work, which is frustrating. But when it does work, it's just the most beautiful thing. Uh, one of the, my most recent just like, oh, this is just right. This is how it should be was I was at a Airbnb with a bunch of friends and we were having a really hard time figuring out the Wi-Fi password. It's like poorly written down with by hand and a bunch of gobbledygook. So, you know, strong password. That's great. But one person figured it out and then we were able to, you know, get the Wi-Fi password from them because we all had Apple devices, except the one friend who didn't, he was bummed, you know, because he couldn't share the Wi-Fi password between our phones, which was, I was like, that is just the coolest thing. So those kind of surprises are always awesome. Um, and I worked on a PC at work for about six or seven years. So I was bouncing back and forth between PC and Mac and <laughs> that kind of solidified my love of Mac. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, it's, to me, it's probably a preference in terms of, you know, working scenario. It's it, in, at the end of the day, it's a tool, but I prefer, and I'm used to the Mac system and uh, that's, yeah, I love it. 
So on your iMac and MacBook Pros, what are the main applications that you use uh, for your business? In my my day-to-day favorite apps that I use all the time are Text Expander, 1Password, and Notes. Those are those are kind of things that I know that I touch almost every single day. Um, Text Expander is almost every week I come up with a new major time saver, a text expander kind of thing. And I sing their praises every month or so on Twitter because I'm just like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I love it so much. And I use that for email addresses, home address, day of like current day. I name my files with, you know, year, 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 dash, month, month, dash, day, day, dash. So I always do that, but I can just type D date two. And it types that out for me and I don't have to think about what day it is. No manual mistakes. Anyway, so I love text expander. Uh, One password I feel like has saved my butt so many times. I feel much more secure with that. It's not like a, it doesn't help me do my job better in terms of like animating and teaching, but it, it clears up part of my brain from having to remember passwords and feeling like I might not be secure. So those, you know, they're, they're not business specific per se, but I use them all the time and I know they help me a lot. And the notes just sync between the two phones. Um, I'm always taking little notes here and there to, uh, I usually either integrate those, kind of dump those back into a specific place in Evernote. I really like to use Evernote for keeping track of what I'm learning in courses what I'm learning from reading books. I write my book reviews inside of Evernote. And then I take care of most of my business processes inside of Google Drive. I use Dropbox for storing all of my files that I'm working on in terms of like my animation projects, either for clients or with students. And I have students send me things through Dropbox. And then I use Dropbox to send stuff to my phone to post to Instagram. So I'll do my animations, drop it in a Dropbox folder, and then I can just download it, export it from my phone and post it in Instagram. So that's that's kind of one of my more regular business process type of things is with Dropbox. And what app do you use for the motion design, actually? Oh, yeah. So I use After Effects for 90, 99% of my animation motion design. Photoshop every once in a while, just a little bit. You would be surprised, but I'm using for the moment uh, Keynote to do some some animations because they they have uh, the magic move uh, feature i don't know if you know if you're aware of that no so the magic move is a way to transition between two different slides and so imagine on on slide 1 you have text uh, in the middle on the on the screen right that is that is visible but then you have also text that is outside of the slide so let's say on the left side of the of the slide and then you duplicate the slide and you move the text that is currently visible on the right side of the slide the text that is hidden you put it in the middle of the slide and you do, do just say magic move and then you will you will actually see the the text moving across the uh, the screen oh that's cool it's for for text based kind of animations and it's, it also works with uh, pictures. Uh, sometimes I have my the, the logo, the EasyTech logo is uh, centered and, and big, I would say. 
but then I want to put it in a corner and I will use the magic move and it will do the transition automatically uh, for me. Oh, that's cool. So for, for people like me who are not motion designers, <laughs> you, you can start to do uh, great things and um, you can e even export to MP4. So you can uh, do a QuickTime export. Yeah. So actually I'm, I'm using now uh, Keynote to, to create some promotional videos for the company or for my services. That's cool to know because sometimes people ask me like, I'm not into... I don't, I don't have After Effects or I'm not a you know big designer. How can I do some animations? And I usually am like, I don't know. Uh, but it's nice to hear these kind of solutions. So if somebody is not ready to jump into Adobe Creative Suite, um, I can have, offer the suggestion of Keynote. Yeah. So on, on your phone, um, so you, you were mentioning notes. I guess you're using notes and one password on your phone. Do you use text expander on your phone as well? I don't. And I, now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm surprised I don't. Yeah, I think that's just a matter of I never did it. And I have a couple of native keyboard shortcuts with Apple. I have things for my email. But sometimes I do wish that I had more set up. And I would actually sync between the two. Yeah, funnily enough, I, I also use a text expander. And for, for a while, I experimented using text, text expander on the iPhone. So they, they offer um, a special keyboard. So to invoke your text expander snippets, you have to switch keyboard and then you can invoke your snippets. But first of all, for me, it was too clunky. I didn't I didn't like this this friction of having to change keyboard and the second uh, thing was that some of the snippets when when you have fill in kind of uh, information they are not working well on the iPhone and, and the iPad and finally I realized well when I need text expander it's usually on my computer it's very rarely on the phone and so like you I actually have created simple shortcuts using the native uh, solution of, of Apple and that's that's good enough for me I, I don't need to do the date like you and the year 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 dash month month dash day day I never need to do that uh, on the iPhone and and when I do I use a scanbot so scanbot is a is a great tool which allows to you you can capture documents so you scan documents and it will do the optical character recognition so the OCR so it will convert the picture into text right and you can actually configure this tool to to prepend the name with the format of the day that you want oh well there you go and and sometimes I use another tool and uh, then it's it's not a, such a big deal to to put the date, the current date. Yeah. Well, thanks for experimenting and saving me some time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else do you use on your iPhone right now? What kind of apps? So I use, uh, for marketing and networking, I use social media apps like Instagram and Twitter. Um, I've removed uh, Facebook Messenger recently, and I'm actually moving a little bit more away from, like moving away from using social media on my phone as much. I, I've recognized that I, that's more of a distraction than anything. And so I'm, I'm gearing towards 
having more and more focused time without my phone. I'm even working with my phone in the other room. So while it's great for what it does, it's terrible for distractions. So um, more and more, I'm just removing apps from my phone, which is funny. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do have my handful of things. Like I have a I have movie pass, so I have to have an app for that. But I love it because I get to see movies. And, um, you know, Starbucks or... You know, things like that I use a lot. But uh, in terms of productivity things, I don't, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of productivity apps. I do track my fitness things on a spreadsheet. So I have like a, a Google Sheets app so that I can pull that up easily and add how many push-ups I did for the day. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I do like my, I use the Relax Melodies app and it's kind of a music noise rain type of app. But it also has like a a bedtime feature, so it, it gives me a nice reminder. I think Apple has one of those internally as well, but I like the re- re- relaxed melodies one because then I have like a 9.30 timer that goes off and I can hit it and then turn my music on. And it kind of is a nice cue to wind down and get ready for bed. So I like that one. Oh, and this is another just for fun one, but an app called Everyday. It just remind, reminds you every day to take a picture of yourself. And it's it gives you a grid, like a your eyeball line, your mouth line, and up and down, like center your face. So you take a photo in the same spot every day. And I did it on my old iPhone until my front screen cracked and then the camera was useless. But I did that for almost a year straight. So it's fun to watch through photos of myself for a year and how I changed or my hair grew out or I grew my mustache out, you know, those kind of things. It's a it's a nice little a thing to have at the end of a period of time. And on your Apple Watch, what's, what, what are you using the Apple Watch for? Yeah, so my Apple Watch, I basically use it for the complications that I have on there. So I, I use the, I don't know what you call this. I guess maybe you can see this on the screen and tell me what it is. Ah, uh, yeah. The one that has a whole lot of them. So I have... Date, time, weather, timer, sunset, sunrise, and battery. And I change these around every once in a while and see what I like and don't like. But date, weather, and timer have always stayed the same. Yeah, it's the modular watch face. Modular. And uh, yeah, so I use that. Sometimes I'll change the color to match my outfit or mood. So that's nice. But uh, other than those things, I, I like being able to see a text message come in or... Uh, phone call. I can look. I, my favorite thing when the Apple Watch came out was somebody said, "Can't wait to uh, buy a four hundred dollar watch so I don't have to use my six hundred dollar phone as much anymore." <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's funny, but it really does make a difference. Um, it's something that I don't. I'm not like everybody needs to get a watch, but when I bought it, you know, it, I didn't need it, but it was a a nice to have. Just let's test it out and see. And now I'm like, ha, ah, I really don't like it when I forget my watch. Um, it does make a big difference to not have to pull your phone out to check something as simple as the time, the weather, the date, those kind of things. I love having that on my wrist now. I, I don't do things like make phone calls or I don't do too many Siri things with it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, when I do Siri is usually for... Uh timers or reminders when i'm trying to be in the zone and have uh, focus blocks 
then I will uh, ask uh, the lady in the can, <laughs> Sarah. I will ask Sarah if uh, <laughs> if she wants <laughs> to put a timer for 30 minutes, for instance. And uh, that's uh, that's quite quite nice. And I agree with you. I also the the modular watch face is the one that I used uh, almost all the time because then um, I don't know what you have put on yours, but I have the date, the time, the next uh, calendar appointment. So I see uh, our interview, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then I have the remaining battery of the Apple Watch, the rings for the activity, activity rings, and the outside temperature. Nice. Yeah, we have we have similar ones. I don't. I used to have the rings, but then I realized that I wasn't closing the rings, and it just became annoying. <laughs> to to realize that I wasn't and that's my most of my activity comes from push-ups like that's my exercise as I do a lot of push-ups and that just doesn't translate very well to the, the exercise rings <laughs> <laughs> my wrist is literally not moving at all but uh yeah <laughs> like you I like the watch because even when there are notifications or or I, if I want to glance at something, it's just a watch. There is, there is no rabbit hole, right? Yeah, exactly. You unlock the phone and boom, anything, anything can happen <laughs> if you don't pay attention. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way, but that is actually a really convincing reason to get a watch mm -hmm. so that you can, you can see things that are going on, but you're not going to get sucked into writing an email mm -hmm. on your watch or, or Facebook or, <laughs> or <Twitter>. anything <laughs> or the rest of the internet. <laughs> you don't have a browser on your watch. No. Well, <laughs> at least not yet. Not yet. And watch OS 5, they will have a web view capability. I don't know exactly how, what will be the purpose. I don't think it will be to, to browse the web, but it will be, I think, able to fetch from our web content. Yeah. Hmm. So now we are going into the segment, the haha moment segment. What tip or trick uh, did you discover recently that uh, something that you wished uh, you knew before on any of your Apple devices? So my recent aha moments are kind of constantly changing. I mean, I guess that's what recent means, but, but uh, I'm always finding something new in text expander to speed up the way I type. So now that I'm working with more and more students, I'm finding better applications of template emails that I know that I'm going to write to the students over and over. Hey, our link for our call is at this date, at this time, at this Zoom link. So I've, I've done a lot of text expander templates for emails. Um, before having students, I wasn't writing the same emails over and over again. So now that I have that, I'm like finding new new ways to use Text Expander. Uh, one actually, one of my most recent big like actual Apple specific um, things that I I'm like, man, I wish I knew this a long time ago was using the keyboard shortcut Command Option Shift V to paste without format. So copying something from the web and pasting it into Notes, I can do Command Shift. Option V, all mashing all of the modifier buttons and then V paste without format. And that is just a beautiful thing. Um, I wish I knew that a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, I'm always 
uh, always into learning and using new uh, keyboard shortcuts for Mac for After Effects. Most of my aha moments come with After Effects specific things, so that might not be interesting to the general entrepreneur um, audience. But yeah, I'm a huge fan of learning new keyboard shortcuts, having conversations with other people that use Mac products or the same software will often like jog those kind of conversations. Like, oh, did you know blah, 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 or finding things on Twitter. Um, anyways, those are, those are always my, I wish anytime I learned a keyboard shortcut, I wish that I had known it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know the podcast uh, Mac Power Users? Yeah, I used to listen to that religiously for a long time. Uh, recently, they moved their uh, Facebook group to a discourse forum. And uh, it's a very active uh, community. So uh, they have uh, a lot of uh, different categories for discussions. There is a, And there is also a hardware, software, tips and tricks and so on. And it's... Uh, It's a, it's a great community. I will put the link in the show notes. Uh, it's uh, talk.macpowerusers.com. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great community. Is that David and Katie? Yes, yes. David Sparks and uh, Katie Floyd. They are going towards their uh, 500th episode, if I'm not mistaken. That's great. They are at uh, 438 right now at the, the time of the recording. So yeah, yeah. It's, That's impressive. Yeah, it's a it's a great great podcast and a great community. And so now it's been a few weeks, I think, when since they announced the move to Discourse, and they have already twenty four hundred members in the community, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and a lot of them were like, "Thank you for moving out of Facebook." <laughs> yeah, yeah. This uh, Discord maybe this Discourse. Okay. D I S. C O U R S E discourse. Ah. It's um, Joe Siebert, I think. Maybe I'm butchering his name, but um, I have to find his name. He has created a, a forum kind of platform that you can uh, self-host. And uh, no, it's it's really really great. There is an iOS app, but the iOS app is more uh, like a web wrapper. But when you are in a in a discussion thread. Whenever there is a new discussion, you jump immediately at the bottom of the of the list, so you don't need to scroll down. You you see on the screen how many new topics have been uh, uh, created, and also for topics that you follow, uh, if there are also new responses, the the length of the thread, and um, there have a, it's it's a. It's special because I, I never saw that before. It has an increasing reputation kind of model. And when you, when you become a member, you have almost no rights. Right? You, can, mm. you can maybe respond, uh, but you don't have access to your profile. You cannot update your profile, for instance. Interesting. You have very limited rights. And the more you are active in the community the more you start to get rights, editing rights and the ability to update your profile and uh, start to do huh. some uh, direct messages and so on. Wow. So it's, uh, I, I really like the model. It's, uh, so if you have tourists, they will just um, yeah, be passive and browse and move along. 
<laughs> they cannot create problems. Those people cannot create that's cool. quote unquote problems in the community. That solves quite a nice um, community, like very large community issue where it's difficult to manage those kinds of things. That's really cool. And um, yeah, f for instance, I'm I'm now thinking of, uh, about using this course also as a, as a way for as a community for the Macpreneur podcast uh, listeners. And I think it could be also it could be nice also for maybe for students huh? for students of courses and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, what I still don't know is if it's possible to to have it a private. So the, the ones that I know of are public, publicly accessible. So you don't need to be a member to browse the topics and so on. But if you want to participate, then you, you need to become a member. Uh, I don't know if it's possible to put it uh, behind, uh, I don't know, not necessarily a paywall, but... Like a sign-up? Yes, a sign-up form. Yeah. Yeah, that's because with Slack and Discord, you have to either be invited or know, like, you have to you have to know something somehow it's not public yes exactly slack uh, you need to be accepted to be part of a slack group and you you cannot see any messages if you are not part of the the group mm -hmm. but with this course it looks like uh, at least from what i know i need to investigate a little bit more but but otherwise i really like the features of uh, this this course uh, system That's cool. I'll probably check that out. I've not haven't heard of that until today. So you're already using Text Expander, meaning you already like to to save a lot of time. Are there any other uh, things that you would like to to improve to automate in uh, in your day to day work? Um, there was one there was one app that I was using for a little while, and I don't. I can't recall now why I stopped, but um, I feel like it was called Keyboard... Keyboard Maestro. Keyboard Maestro, yeah. Um, I I know I set up a few things with that. I, I learned about it from, I think, a mixture of the Mac Power users and Sean West podcasts or the community. or some, 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 some people were talking about it and how they were just automating so many things. And I was just like, yeah, let's automate stuff. But at the time, I didn't have a lot of things to automate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, I think it kind of fell by the wayside. But now that I'm getting into building my own processes for my business, I see room for improvement in the, the automation, potentially through Keyboard Maestro, uh, integrating better with Text Expander, um, all of those kind of things. And Alfred, I use Alfred until... For some reason, it's messing up, and so I've deleted it for now. But I miss I miss my friend Alfred. I need to find a way to bring him back. <laughs> I use a little bit Alfred, but then um, Spotlight became good enough for me, actually, that I, I didn't feel the need with all the other automation that I'm using right now on the Mac. I didn't really need... The bells and whistles of of Alfred. Yeah, the one thing I miss about Alfred the most is, and maybe there's a way around this with another app or something, is it would I had it set to save my clipboard for 30 days, so anything that I had copied I could search within Alfred to to then paste 
And so now without that, I just have the last thing I copied. And I find that I do that quite frequently is, is uh, copy one thing, but I actually need to have two things copied. Yeah, so that's the one thing I miss the most about Alfred. Yeah, for that, there is a, f- a free application called pa- Paste. It's uh, on the App Store. And uh, the website is pasteapp.me. And I don't know, I was mistaken. It's not free. It's uh, $15. Sounds worth it. Yeah, totally worth it. And as you can see, you can create uh, categories of, uh, yeah, like folders of snippets. So if there are things that you want to paste, so you copy once, but you know you have to paste uh, a lot of time, then you can put them in, in different categories. Otherwise, you have the, the history as you're, you're looking, yeah, the thing that you're, you're searching for now. It's, I think it's uh, fitting the bill. That sounds awesome. I'm actually starting to, well, I guess paste isn't exactly that, but for the, they, they mentioned code snippets. I don't do much code snippets, but I do use some uh, expressions and scripts inside of After Effects, but maybe that's more of a text expander kind of thing. Anyways, this is great. I'm excited to dig into that. Do you have any plans to upgrade your desktop, uh, laptop, or phone? I just upgraded my phone from a broken 5S to an iPhone 7. And while it's not exactly what I wanted, it's everything I need. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, a phone that works. Instagram opens in less than 10 seconds now. Um, The old phone was just sluggish and terrible and i worried about my fingers getting cut on the screen uh so i'm not going to upgrade my iphone for a while and i'm getting a new ipad soon so that's it's not new new but it'll be new to me it'll be fine for a while but my my macbook pro i think is the the next thing to get upgraded it's the one that's having the most issues in terms of sluggish i think it's a 2015 model um it's probably the next thing to to get an upgrade that or the watch. The watch, of course, is not a, a need, but it would be nice to have a new one. <laughs> Did you experience any issues with the keyboard on your MacBook Pro? I haven't. No, I, I've heard about issues recently. I don't know. What what was the problem with, with their keyboards? Yeah, they're calling that the, the sticking, sticking keys issue. So you have keys that actually start to stick and you, you tap on the key. And it doesn't register. So that's a bit problematic when you have a keyboard and, and some of the keys don't, don't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's a MacBook. Is it a MacBook Pro problem or just a, like all MacBooks? No, no. It's, a, it's a, the MacBook Pro. Yeah, the last three generations of the MacBook Pros with touch bar or even without touch bar, but the, the really the, the latest model with the very flat uh, thin keyboard mm-hmm. B- because the, the the travel of the key is so small sometimes you have uh, i don't know dust or little things that get stuck in it but other times it, it looks like there is a there is a really a hardware problem is that yeah you there is a, something in the mechanism i don't i don't know the the root cause but really you you have customers they press on the key and doesn't register that's a that's a pretty big problem 
and and then they have to re replace uh, completely the keyboard and now they have a an official uh, replacement program for all the macbook pros wow well it's um it's not it's not big i think we, we're talking about a, a few percent of their customers but because they're selling millions of uh, those MacBook MacBook Pros, it's the the best selling is the best selling machine. So you you just need a a couple of very vocal unhappy customers <laughs> on on social media, and yeah, people start to make extrapolations, and and in practice, the the likelihood that you have that is quite small. But when it happens, it's not a it's not a nice situation to be in. Yeah, it's a PR problem. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next then for you and uh, your business? Yeah, the next step for for me and my business is uh yeah, wrapping up this version of the course. So this is another beta version, which means I'm testing some things out, seeing what works and what helps students the most and taking feedback from them. So then I'll take about a month or two or three to really work really hard to make this course uh, what it needs to be without me kind of hand holding through it. So I want someone to be able to take the course and me to be able to anticipate all of the problems or at least most of the problems they're going to encounter when going through the course and learning animation. So then release uh, a more final version later this year or early next year. Um, so that's kind of my big plan for my business is to, to upgrade the the course and get it out there ready to go in the next six months or so. Are you envisioning that the course would become the, the biggest part of your revenue? Yeah, I want it to be the, the main source. And if not just the course, maybe other products that I sell, whether it's a, you know, a, a tool that helps people with animation or bundles of workshops or other types of training or one-on-one -on -one coaching. I, the teaching and helping pe other people animate side of the business is what I want to move towards and already starting to move in that direction. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I, I don't plan on stopping freelance uh, completely, but to be able to focus more on just the projects that I want to work on or with clients that I want to work with, um, that's pretty exciting to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm moving towards my passion, which is the the teaching side of things. But I also don't want to become the teacher that doesn't ever do any work so they don't understand it anymore. So that's something to balance for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited about the move. It's it's felt like a long time coming. It's, it's moving more in, in the direction of the entrepreneur that I want to be and the business owner that I want to be. Um, and I think freelance was just a step in that direction. You were guests on other podcasts. Are you are you launching your own podcast? Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm launching a podcast. I definitely don't have a day, and I don't even have a name yet. But it's going to be around the topics of design and animation, as well as like a personal development type of bent to things. I love talking about how to get the best work out of you as a creative person out of an as an entrepreneur as a business person whatever it is like how can you do the best work that you're you're capable of so i'm i'm excited to launch a podcast talking about those things i'll probably do some interviews some solo shows uh yeah i'm excited to to get that 
ball rolling. First things first, though, the course, getting students through that, kind of finalizing the course. I, I want to do them all at once, but the uh, the principles of, I don't know, I don't know the, the words I'm saying right now make sense, but I know that if I try to do all the things at once, I'll do them all half good. Mm-hmm. So in time, the podcast will launch. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Great. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to listening to that. And uh, so where can people find you online? My website is austinsailor.com. That's S-A-Y-L-O-R. Not like the person who sails on the sea. So austinsailor.com. And then it's Austin Sailor is my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle. And those are my most active social media outlets. Great. Thank you very much, Austin for being on the, on the show. It was uh, really a pleasure to, to discover also a little bit more about uh, what you do. Cool. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Damien. This is awesome. So for our listeners, all the links will be in the show notes available at macpreneur.com forward slash episode eight. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or a review by visiting macpreneur.com forward slash iTunes. Finally, if you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the show, shoot me an email at damia at macpreneur.com. So that's it for today. And until next time, I am Damien Schroers, wishing you a great day.